Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's going on, everybody? Super excited for today's show. We have an entrepreneurial powerhouse joining us today. This guy dropped the heat. And if you are at all curious about entrepreneurship or business or anything, you do not want to miss this episode. My next guest's name is Jeff Fenster. He's the founder and CEO of Everbowl. And this guy's done a lot in his life. Since earning his JD from Thomas and Jefferson School of Law, Jeff has proven himself as an entrepreneurial innovator. As a serial entrepreneur, Jeff's been recognized nationally for his business creations, ranging from quick serve food chains, payroll and HR companies, and digital marketing agencies, as well as construction companies, among many others. In addition, Jeff was named top 100 entrepreneur in America under the age of 35 by MPAT. He was named top 40 executive under 40 by the Business Journal and was also recently a finalist for CEO. As a result of his successes, Jeff was recruited by Forbes to be an entrepreneur professor at their school of business and technology. The guy is a powerhouse and I've been seeing him pop up on social media a lot lately. And you guys, I'm telling you for him to be on the show talking about this, you're in for a huge treat. Combining his two biggest passions, entrepreneurship and healthy living, Jeff's created the foundation Everbowl and has been built on his and his personal philosophy of making friends and having fun, and has, which has not only translated into a fun, vibrant culture at Everbowl, but also became the company's true heart. You guys, I had a lot of fun in this conversation and I learned a lot too. And I'm super grateful to have, have had this because I got a lot of insight and this guy in particular is doing amazing things. And the ripple effect of what he's doing and the value that he's bringing to the world right now is going to be massive. And there's no fluff about his, his approach, it's all, you got to work hard. If you don't work hard, somebody's going to, someone's going to work hard and they're going to get what you want. That's his, that's his philosophy and there's no bullshit. And I really, really appreciate that about him. And that's sometimes what you need to hear. There's no fluff. Just got to work hard, put in the work and things will happen. Okay. You guys are going to love this. Sit back, relax. Jeff Fenster coming right up. When we're live, Jeff, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me. A huge fan of yours and your show, so it's uh, really an honor to be on today. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Yeah, bro, absolutely. It's uh, it's a crazy time right now, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on here because I know you're a sought after guy to speak about what you're up to. And um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm really excited to dive into this. So obviously, the nature of what's going on in the world right now, it's uh, I feel like now is kind of like the I always start this off because people kind of want to know perspectives of where you're at and you know what's going on. So how are you right now? And as of right now, let's just tell everybody out there what date it is today. What is the date today? I think it's... Uh, uh, I think it's the 10th. April the 10th. 10th. So we're at April 10th. This will be out probably in a couple of weeks. So yeah, where are you at right now, man? Walk us through what's happening. So uh, 
effectively about three weeks ago, we had to temporarily shut down 28 of our restaurants, um, furlough and lay off about 430 people temporarily. We're going to bring them all back with the plan, hopefully to bring back 900 and double down and say, you know what, we're going to do our part. But um, it's a crazy time. And, and, you know, with everything we've got going and being an entrepreneur, you've got to always be change ready and being able to pivot when the market conditions change. And so really it was just about pausing everything and, and it was important to do it quickly because that's a big mistake. A lot of people make is they, they wait too long to take action. And when you realize the uncertainty, you just want to hit pause, assess. So uh, we reached out to our staff. We told everybody, listen, it's temporary. It's going to be a couple of weeks. We're going to bring everyone back and everyone, we're going to be stronger as a result of it. And we're looking forward to opening our doors again in the next two, three weeks as, um, you know, hopefully these conditions lighten up and, and that's where we are. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of the entrepreneurial journey in itself, right? You're kind of prepared for this. I mean, not for this. Nobody really expected this. I don't think anybody could have even, you know, made this up that this was going to happen, but we're all affected by it. So I guess people that you could probably agree, people that are in the entrepreneurial journey are kind of used to, you know, getting hit in the face a little bit, maybe to not this extreme, but you know, what was what was your initial reaction? Like, were you like right when you're you're kind of like, all right, what is happening? Like, when did things start to when did the magnitude start to really hit you as far as like what's happening here? Um, I think I think really when when we were kind of told that we couldn't have um, customers come into the restaurant anymore, and and I had employees nervous about interacting with customers, and all of a sudden it really went for me. I mean, I believe as an entrepreneur and, and as a business owner. It's very important that most most entrepreneurs make a mistake, I think, of thinking their customer is the number one uh, priority. Mm. Uh, for me, it's always been my employees. My employees are my number one priority. If I take care of them, they'll take care of the customer and we'll grow. Mm. And when I saw the fear and angst in, angst in my employees, that's when it really hit home for me. And it was like, okay, they're nervous. It's coming out. We've got to assess. This is something that's seriously happening. There's no way around it. Um, it is as real as it seemed because we, you know, at first it was in China and then it was on in New yeah. York and it really hadn't hit California where I am just quite yet. Yeah. Um, but then it did. And, you know, really looking at what we were going to be in for and not knowing, um, it was just a matter of, okay, what are we going to do for we're positioned to survive this thing? Because the number one rule of as an entrepreneur or business owner is to stay in business today. And that is the foundational principle. Stay in business today. Buy yourself another day. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Don't worry about three weeks from today. Don't worry about six weeks from today. Worry about today. So yeah. for us today, it was, okay, we can't, we can't keep burning money while we're not getting customers because everyone's staying in their house. So we had to shut everything down, but we had to pivot. So immediately we huddled as an executive team and said, okay, how can we use this situation to continue to connect with our customers, connect with our employees, provide our food to our customers, and keep helping people be their best self and so for us, it was this concept called Later Bowls, which we launched pretty much three days after we shut down, where we're delivering our bowls directly to your home. So it's shop.everbowl.com or go to everbowl.com and click Later Bowls. And anywhere in the country now, you can get Everbowls delivered. And so it really allowed us to get our, some of our employees back into the building, help us build this out. And this whole new business line for us, that with our Super Fuel Coffee, has enabled mm -hmm. us to continue to drive revenue during these downtime. Well, and that's, dude, that's amazing. And I mean, everybody needs this, the nourishment during this time too. I mean, it's, it's essential and put, what you put in your body is so, so important. 
right? Yeah, and 100%. I mean, like it's, it's so crazy. I mean, what we consume affects our immune system, the food we put in our bodies. And I love that, man. I love how you kind of just did that so quick and kind of reinvented and like, all right, all delivery, all delivery, right? And, and people can Yeah, still, I mean, you have no choice, right? Yeah. It's kind of like those things that, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're innovators. <clears throat> That's yeah. what we are. And if you're not an innovator and you're not change ready and you're not able to adapt to market conditions, um, unfortunately, things change, right? I mean, uh, if you look back in history, this is not, yes, the COVID-19 is new, but a complete drastic change in the way society lives, interacts, and works is it happens all the time. I mean, imagine all the the wagons that were being built before Ford came out with a Model T and, and the yeah. automobile, right? And those who adapted survived and those who don't didn't. And then same thing with, you know, brick and mortar and traditional fax machines. And then all of a sudden the internet came to be and companies that were able to adapt and take on the internet when it happened and moved quickly, survived and thrived. And those who didn't unfortunately perish. And with COVID-19 and, and how we're no longer being able to interact personally and not go into the brick and mortar side, restaurants have to adapt. And, you know, I don't know much about restaurants when I started Everbowl, but um, I own 28 restaurants and, and I have to focus on how do I get food into your, into your body and, and we're providing nutrition, which if you're going to be dealing with a, you know, pandemic and, and potentially getting sick with a virus, you want to make sure your immune system's strong. And that's what we're about is providing nutritional powerhouse food. that's going to make you your best self. And so it was really like, okay, we get to refocus on our why, hold on to our mission statement of making sure everyone's healthy, all the while continue to make sure our business thrives because if my business isn't here, 430 employees are out of business, customers don't get their superfoods, and everyone suffers. So keeping the business alive was most important, and the way we were able to do that was through that pivot. Yeah, it's amazing seeing how even locally, I'm up in Vancouver, Canada, and there's even restaurants, you know, chain restaurants, kind of high-end chain restaurants. I just walked by and they have this thing posted of like fresh produce or fresh, you know, steaks or whatever for you to cook your own meals coming from them, the suppliers, which is kind of cool. Like there's just mm -hmm. different ways people are, you know, obviously people need to make money. People need to get, you know, they got all this product and it's, it's really cool to see how people are adapting and we're getting by, you know, like people are, people are resilient and, it, and it's great to see. I mean, there's, you know, how much, negativity do we see out there but there's also a lot of positive things happening as well right would you agree oh for sure for sure i mean uh i think as a as a society we were so divided before this um everyone was running a million miles an hour uh you you couldn't go anywhere without someone saying i wish i had the time i wish i had the time i wish i had the time and now yeah. you have more time than you've ever had we're coming together because you know, a virus like this doesn't care your economic status, your race, your gender, mm -hmm. um, your situation in life. It can impact everybody equally. Yeah. And so we're forced to come together and rely on each other. And you see communities getting together to get through it. And I think what we're going to come out of this is also that moment of reflection where we're getting more quality time with our friends and family. We're getting more quality time for ourselves to focus on personal development and get that rest and set ourselves up for future we're kind of giving a pause to the environment. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not like I was reading about how smog levels in Los Angeles are at the lowest levels they've been in 20 years. Um, in India, in Nepal, they can see parts of the Himalayans that they haven't been able to see in over 20 years. And yeah. the canals in Italy are starting to be clear. And, you know, I think it's just a pause, whether it's a week, a month, two months, I don't know how long it's going to last. And, um, but 
in a lot of ways, there's going to be positives that come out of this. Unfortunately, there is a lot of illness, there is a lot of death, and there's no positive that comes out of that. Um, and for that, my heart breaks for everyone who's mm -hmm. dealing with it. And of course, I want that for nobody. Um, but society as a whole can thrive from this. And, um, you know, I think us as entrepreneurs and us as, as people who, who really have to, you know, pave our own way, um, this is an opportunity to, to see what you're, you know, test your metal and see what you're made of and find new opportunities and, and thrive. And so many big things come from crisis. Uh, you know, I, I was just speaking on this last week, but when everything for the last decade, everything was going up, you could buy any house, it appreciated, you could buy any stock, it appreciated. If you were looking for a job, unemployment was at record low. So everyone was employed, businesses were thriving, if you started any company, it was going to be successful. Well, that's a that's great for everybody. But when crises happens now, those of you out there who are skilled and positioned and stable and ready to take it on, you're going to see that you're able to grow exponentially faster because so many people aren't ready for this. And I don't want that for everyone. So this is the time to really focus on yourself, focus on personal development, take online classes, learn, listen to podcasts like this, listen to experts out there in all the different fields and get ready because once the keys are put back in the ignition and we're all allowed to come out of our homes and, and the coronavirus is hopefully behind us, that's when you get to show your skill. That's where you're going to get to demonstrate your capability and your, and your ability to excel. And there's going to be a lot of opportunity and I want all of you to seize it. So um, this is that time to really look within and, and use this downtime to get yourself better and ready. I love it, man. I love it. And I personally, even though it hasn't really slowed down for me that much, things are still pretty busy. I've taken the time to really think about, you know, what things, what courses do I want to take? And I actually, I, I saw that you're speaking in the, the hundred million Academy as well. And I, I, I've joined that and just looking and trying to, you know, sharpen my sword in different areas while I have the chance and while the opportunities are there. Cause there's a lot of awesome dudes like yourself, Dan Fleischman, they're offering this, this knowledge for people. And it's like, well, man, you got to take advantage of it, you know? And it's, oh, sure. there's just so much out there. It's, it's like, and then, and then you kind of got to go, all right, what, what can I, we all can get better. We all can get better in different areas. You know, there's another thing like YouTube, how to get proper YouTube. Like there's so many different things you can do. And it's kind of exciting because there's awesome people stepping up and offering these. We're all, we're all going to come out of this. If you take the opportunity, if that you're getting the call to take this opportunity, you're going to become better for it. So I, um, I love that, man. And I love people like yourself that are coming and really adding that value and stepping up and leading because there's people out there that need it, you know? Well, I mean, I think, I think too often, especially early on, people come from a position of scarcity. They feel like yeah. everyone's a competitor. If I help and give knowledge to someone else, it's going to be harder for me. Uh, but, but it just couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, I want my competitors to succeed. I don't want to yeah. be the only concept like mine left when, when the dust settles because um, the more people that eat my kind of food, the better it is for me and my industry. And whatever industry you're in, you want competitors. Coca-Cola wants Pepsi. McDonald's wants Burger King. It's important because you're building your market. You're building your marketplace. Um, yeah. And I think when you get to that point, when you realize that we're a community of entrepreneurs, we're in this together. There's a camaraderie there. Yeah. If I can pay it forward and help somebody today, that's phenomenal. I want to do that. And who knows, maybe one day they'll be able to help me. Um, and I don't do it from a, what can you do for me basis? I do it from a, what can I do for you basis? And when we all do that as a whole, 
we're all going to get better and new innovations are going to happen. And I want to inspire that entrepreneur out there who's going to come up with some new piece of technology that's going to make my life better that I don't even know about today. Yeah. Right. But I don't want them sitting on the sideline failing because they didn't have some of the basics or they didn't have access to some information. So if I can part with any, any information that has allowed me to be successful or has helped me along my journey, um, I'm not here today, but for a lot of people who helped me. Um, I have a lot of mentors. Um, I always have a business coach. I highly recommend everybody have mentors and a business coach. There's yeah. a difference. Um, you know, I'm a business coach. I coach people both for money and I also mentor for free. And mentors are free. And I highly recommend you find people who are successful that have some knowledge that you want and ask them to be your mentor. And then you find people who are business coaches and pay them. And, and the expectation is different. You know, a mentor is someone that is there for you, will leverage their situational knowledge, uh, their, their expertise, will help you avoid paying the dummy tax, will leverage their relationship capital, and will be on your team. But the expectation is when they have time. A business coach is someone who isn't going to necessarily do all those things, but they're going to make sure you are 100%. Um, LeBron James has a coach. He's not a better basketball player than LeBron James, but he makes sure LeBron James gives 100% 100% of the time. So Tiger Woods has a coach. Tom Hanks has a coach. Beyonce has a coach. All the best in the world have coaches, and it's important that all entrepreneurs have a coach as well, someone who holds them accountable. Make sure that when you say you're going to do something this week, this day, this minute, you do it. And if you don't, you're accountable to someone whose job it is is to make sure you give 100 um, mentors are there to help you guide you coaches are there to make you better and so I highly recommend everyone have both and when you do that you're gonna be your best self and you're gonna watch yourself exponentially grow um, and the one piece of advice I'll give to someone who says you know what Jeff I just can't afford to to hire a business coach right now I'm gonna argue that you can't afford not to uh, you really can't if you're not willing to make that investment and take those courses and get someone who's going to be in your corner and coach you and guide you and and, and help you exponentially grow um, look at where you're spending your money Honestly, mm. eat peanut butter sandwiches for the next month and hire someone to help you because you're going to see immense growth. I have um, in all my businesses, you know, I've, I've, I've made millions, I've lost millions, but I can tell you I wouldn't be where I'm at, but for a lot of coaches and mentors. And it's important to have both. And if you can't get a coach right now, at least get some mentors, reach out to people. And I'm sure you'll find that, that the right people will be there for you to mentor you. And from there, um, I think you'll, you'll be able to weather this storm that, that's in front of us. I love that you talked about the difference between mentor and coach because I didn't really, I didn't really know that. You, like, you know, you hear both words thrown around, right? And it's great sure. to get the, the, the distinguish the two because yeah, it's important. It's something like even myself I've looked at and I haven't done. And um, thank you for bringing that up because I think a lot of us out there listening, you know, that we, we have, we dance with the idea, but maybe, you know, we don't really, see the value in it. So it's definitely something that I, I, I'm definitely happy you brought up because um, most people do have coaches and it's a great point. Um, well, all, all of the best in most industries do. Um, well, it makes total sense. Know, like, right. I mean, like I said, like when you look at even the best of the best in whatever art, you know, entertainment or sport, mm. they all have a coach and it's not because they're better at what they do, but it's because they're there to hold them accountable, yeah. you know? And when you exchange money for services, the expectation rises. So if someone pays me to be a coach, their expectation is that I'm going to be there for them. And I am. And, and now I'm 100% vested in their success because they've given me money to make sure that they're better. When yeah. someone asks me to be their mentor, I, I care about them and I'm going to give them as much guidance as I can. I'm going to open up doors, but I'm not going to be there with them in the trenches. I'm not going to make sure that they execute. I'm going to lead them to the water and hope they drink. 
Mm. Um, so it's really just, a, it's a different relationship. Both are valuable, both are powerful. And when you have both, you've really built yourself this army on your side where you have a dream team that's going to make sure that you and your business and your personal and professional goals are met. Mm. And when you invest in yourself like that, you're going to see the success. It's just what happens. Awesome, dude. How did you get into all this stuff? Let's walk, let's take it back a little bit. How did you, what was your, what was your childhood like? Like, how did you walk us through that journey a little bit? So, um, you know, I went to, I wanted to be a sports agent, uh, went to law school to be a sports agent, had a job lined up with uh, Dave Melter at Lee Steinberg sports agency was going to go be a sports agent. And, um, that's what I thought I wanted to do. And my last year of law school, I was 24 years old and I got engaged and um, had a daughter and ultimately decided I didn't want to travel the world representing athletes, but I wanted to be home and be a father. And, and so when I graduated law school and decided not to pursue that, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I was really lost and not sure exactly what career was, was there for me. And entrepreneurship wasn't sexy like it is today. So sorry, there's like a bug flying by. Um, entrepreneurship wasn't sexy like it is today. So, you know, it was more like, go get a job or what are you going to do? So I never thought about entrepreneurship. You know, I'd interned a lot when I was a teenager and spent a lot more time learning instead of earning and building my relationship capital and networking and, and making sure I had a big Rolodex of people who could assist me in my journey. But, um, sales was really my strength. So I got a job at ADP, the payroll company out of law school and was selling payroll services for uh, for them. And I was there six months and was the number one sales rep in America, first to make President's Club and uh, earned a bunch of bonuses. And me and my fiance, we bought a house and everything was going really good. Um, and I had earned this annual bonus of $17,000. And I went to my boss in January of 2008 and said, you know, I'd like to receive my bonus. And my boss said, yeah, you get it at the end of the fiscal year, which wasn't until July. So uh, June 30th was the end of the fiscal. I'd get it in July. And I said, listen, I need the $17,000. I just bought a house. I'm engaged. I'm getting married. I have six figures in law school loans that I got to pay back and I have a kid. So I can't wait. I can't wait six months. And they told me you have no choice. So I realized at that moment I wasn't cut out for corporate America. I couldn't sit on my hands and wait for things that I had earned. So I went home, spoke to my fiance and um, spoke to my parents and basically came to the decision and with the support of my family to quit my job that day sell my house, take my fiance and daughter, move in with my mom and dad and start my own business, my own payroll company out of my mom's kitchen, which, which I did. And I didn't do it because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did it because I wasn't meant for corporate America. And um, that was my first foray into it and grew that business in the height of the recession, which happened to be the 08 recession is when I started my business. So like we are right now with uncertain times, um, opportunity is there and your timing isn't always going to be perfect. But I jokingly say I started my company and the next day a recession happened. And, um, it ended up being successful. We, we grew it nationwide, sold in 2011. And, you know, really that was my first foray into entrepreneurship and coming to understand that, that being an entrepreneur is really being a problem solver. And so all it means is what problems are in front of you and what can you solve? And that was kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. And from there, I've, I've really started multiple companies. I jumped from industry to industry with zero experience because um, I truly believe experience is the most overrated prerequisite to starting a company and you don't need experience to start a company. You just need to have a success formula that, that you know how to build successful companies and attract world-class talent and surround yourself with great people and leverage relationship capital and build the brand the right way by focusing on your why. And you can build a successful company without any knowledge of how. And I've been able to do that in multiple industries. And 
So now I call myself a serial entrepreneur and, and that's really what I am. And so the industry doesn't matter. And I'm going to continue to disrupt new industries by coming in with fresh eyes and, and a lot of passion. How has it changed? How has the entrepreneurial game changed since 2008 to now? Because it's crazy when you say 2008, you know, I, it feels like yesterday. It was actually, you know, 12 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. How has yeah, it changed? Like, what's your perspective on it as an entrepreneur from then to now? Well, then it was less sexy. Like I said, there wasn't yeah, yeah. college degrees with it. There wasn't universities that had focal points on it. There wasn't YouTube where you were going to see and learn how to start every business you could ever want. There wasn't the $100 million mastermind. There wasn't people available to, to guide you. It was really like, wait, you're going to start what? You have six months experience in this. How are you starting? Like, it was really oh, more yeah. for lifers. Like, it was more for like the electrician who had been an electrician for 15 years and now starts their own electrician company or a lawyer who starts their own law firm or a technical person who built some, some piece of technology like, you know, a mainframe or, or a circuit board because back then it wasn't, the internet wasn't as prevalent um, as in business as it is now. Now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur because it became sexy. And um, so I've spent a lot of time thinking about that very question. And I think it's important people really dissect what kind of an entrepreneur they are. It's no longer okay to just say I'm an entrepreneur. Um, it's kind of like saying you're a doctor, but what kind of doctor are you? Are you a heart surgeon or are you an orthopedist? Cause you're not going to go to a heart surgeon when you break your leg mm -hmm. and you're not going to go to an orthopedist when you have a heart attack. So, um, what kind of an entrepreneur are you? And when you identify that you can put yourself in a position to thrive and succeed, you know, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur, which means I'm a startup guy. I love starting new companies with no experience or very little experience and no, no blueprint. And let's just build this thing. Um, but there's entrepreneurial minded people who might not be the person who starts a company, but they join someone like me and they come in and be a number two, a number three, a number four, um, but help build a startup. There's other entrepreneurs who come in after the company has been in business for a few years and is ready to scale, right? Proof of concepts there, but now they come in and help scale. Then there's others who come in and help optimize. You've already scaled. You've already got proof of concept. And now you just need to tweak and optimize. And they can take a seven-figure business to the nine-figure level or an eight-figure business to the nine-figure level. Um, so when you identify exactly what kind of an entrepreneur you are, you can make sure you're in the right circumstances for success. Because I think with the excitement of entrepreneurship and the sexiness that came with it, we saw this boon of so many people jumping to start their own business. And it's great. But if you're not really the person who can do that, and that's not who you are, you're going to find yourself struggling, even though you might have a great concept, or you might be an entrepreneur uh, yourself, you might just not know who to surround yourself with to fill your weaknesses and fill your gaps. So since 08 till now, I've spent a lot of time, you know, mentoring and guiding and coaching entrepreneurs. And I try to help them understand, let's figure out what kind of entrepreneur you are first. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And let's shore up your weaknesses with the right team. Because that's where your focus needs to be, is what, where are my weaknesses and how can I make sure that they're all taken care of? Yeah, this it's really interesting. I'm glad you, you dissected it like that. Because I think a lot of times, because of um, recently people just wanting to press a button and just get rich, it has this <laughs> sort of entrepreneur is like the easy road or something. But it's actually a harder road. You actually work, you have to work harder and you're more accountable. So the whole perception of it got... It got, yeah, yeah. And the whole perception got switched to like, it might've been from like, you know, the four hour work week, even though it's a great book, Tim Ferriss, like great. But I mean, I think people kind of got that confused. Like you're never going to have to put in work. You're just going to be able to put your feet up and have everything automated. And I mean, 
it's not, it's like, although that's the dream, but like, you got to have to put the work in. I think people got confused with all that. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Unfortunately, entrepreneurship is working twice as hard as if you had a job for less money, no guarantee. And it's lonely. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not an easy path. I mean, it's, it's really not. And I mean, unless you hit the billion dollar idea that, you know, allows you to do it and, and you can just hit a button and have everything automated. But I can guarantee you, a lot of people have asked me, you know, what do I attribute any success I've ever had to the, what is the one secret thing? And I'll tell you, it's been hard work and <laughs> I work very long hours. I always have, I'm up at four, four thirty in the morning. Most days I go to sleep at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, wow, beast, I struggle beast. to prioritize. Yeah. But I mean, it's what, cause if you don't, if I don't, someone's going to beat me by doing it. I mean, hard work, beats talent when talent doesn't work hard Mm. and you can be successful by just outworking everyone else. So I can guarantee you, you're not going to outwork me. I guarantee it. Mm. So I I protect myself that way. And I'm, I'm successful most of the time in what I do because I outwork and I work that hard and most people aren't willing to put in that kind of effort. So therefore I win. It's just Mm. a matter of attrition. Even if your idea is better than mine, I'm going to outwork you. Therefore each day, if I put in an extra hour, I mean, let me, let me give you the power of four minutes just four minutes, four minutes a day times 365 days a year is 24 hours. So that means if I work four minutes longer than you a day, just four minutes, I'm going to work, get an entire extra 24 hours of, of, of progress of productivity every single year. If I put in an extra two hours a day, I'm going to get an extra month. So you get 12 months a year. I get 13 months a year. Now imagine what you can do in a month. And if I'm getting an extra month than you, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm just going to win because I'm going to be innovative. I'm going to find the answers. Yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. Yes, I'm going to stumble and fall. And yes, you might already have a head start, but I'm going to beat you because I'm putting in the extra two hours. But now what if I put in four hours? I'm getting two more months than you. Mm-hmm. So when you realize the power of four minutes and then you realize what that means for those who are busting their ass. So for those who are on the fence, like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur because it's easy. Good luck. I mean, honestly, good luck. I, I don't think this is the right. I think you should go get a job. Yeah. I think you should work for someone that when you get to go home, you're home. Um, or, you know, find the right kind of lifestyle job that, that works for you. But entrepreneurship is hard work, but if you put in that time and effort, money will come. And you mentioned, you know, everyone wants to get rich. And if you do this for money, <laughs> uh, do something else because yeah. you need to do this because it's who you are and, and it brings you happiness. I love what I do. So I don't mind working my ass off because I love it. I'm passionate about it. It's, I find so much personal satisfaction and enjoyment from it. So I don't really work. Like, yeah, I work seven days a week, 365 days a year, and I don't work a day in my life either. So I'm having fun. Um, and the sacrifices I make, I'm, you know, as a result, I do it because I'm passionate. And when you think about money, because um, I, I do get this question a lot too of like, how do you attract more money? Because everyone's like, oh, I'm trying to get rich, but I can't seem to figure it out. It's because you're chasing money. And whether you chase an animal or you chase a woman or you chase a boy or you chase money, it's going to run. It's just what, what we do. When someone chases you, you run. That's what happens. Chase a bunny rabbit, see what happens. Chase a lizard, see what happens. Um, but if you attract it and you do the right things and you don't worry about the money, the money will come because you, you're, you're attracting it as opposed to chasing it. And so just build a good business. Build a good whatever it is that you're working on. Be remarkable at it. Like honest to God, be remarkable at it. And if you are, the money will come. It might not come tomorrow. It might not come next week, but it'll come. And 
that's what you've got to focus on is being and building the best business you can. And some, some hacks that I've used to do that is, um, you know, a few of our business principles that I live off of, which is one is Kaizen. Get 1% better every day. It's a micro goal. It's obtainable. It's achievable. It's easy to do if you focus on 1% better every single day. Um, you will see immense progress over the next months and years because time is going to go by anyway. And 1% better every day is exponential growth every 30 days. And so you will find that, that you will not only see all of your goals being, uh, that you've aspired to being hit, but now your economic goals of, of wealth is going to start coming as well. Mm. So would you say that, because there's a lot of times people are afraid to start a business because it may not, people don't want to do things because it won't make money, but they're passionate about it. Where, where is your perspective on, you know, just do what you're passionate about and turn that into a business versus, well, there's a better need for that. So maybe do that instead and learn to love it. Like, where are you at with that? <laughs> I'm definitely not on a learn to love it model. Um, yeah. I think you can make money doing anything, whether yeah. you, I don't care what you do. There's someone out there doing it who's yeah. making money. The best at it is making money. And if you truly are passionate about it, and I don't mean like you like it. I mean, you are passionate about yeah. it. Um, and it consumes you. Like, I don't dream when I go to sleep. I plan when I go to sleep and I wake up with a plan because my brain is always on innovation and business because I love it that much. I genuinely do. Like, awesome. if someone says, what do you listen to in the car? I don't really listen to music because I don't love music as much as I love learning about business ideas and, and, and building my, my, my network of that. So I'm always thinking about it, which means, yeah, I might only work 12 hours or 15 hours of actual work today, but my brain is working 24 hours a day on it. And that's passion. And when you're passionate, I don't care if you're, you know, croaking or making paper airplanes. If that's what you're truly passionate about, making paper airplanes, you can make money making yeah. paper airplanes. Yeah. You're going to have the best YouTube channel on making paper airplanes. You're going to have the best blog on making paper airplanes. You're going to figure out what is the best paper to make paper airplanes and you're going to find ways to sell it. And you're going to put together paper airplane packages and paper airplane lessons for kids and birthday party programs for kids who are looking for paper airplanes. And you know, you're going to figure out a way to make money because again, you're so good at it. You're the best. And when anyone talks about paper airplanes, they're going to talk about you and your business. And therefore, the money will be there. And it might take you three years, five years, seven years to get there. Well, I mean, that's just the way the world works. I'm sorry, you know. I mean, look at a doctor, right? The doctors yeah. who, who make millions of dollars and are in, you know, Beverly Hills, they went, to law, they went to medical school for four years and then went yeah. to residency for three more. So it took them seven years to get that job to now make that money. So, you know, you've got to look at it as your education is going to be the first few years of learning. And that's where you pay your dues. I mean, you know, lawyers go to law school for three years and dentists have to go to go to their school and college. And, and so entrepreneurs who want to come out their first year and make all this money. Well, I mean, that's fine. Everyone wants to win the lottery, but it's just yeah. unlikely. And yeah. so you can't get discouraged by it. That's why you got to love what you do. I love that, man. It's um, super important. You know, like you got to follow it. I mean, if you got to put in the hours every day, it, it isn't like work. It's like you actually enjoy it. Right. And you got to do right. something with your time anyways. <laughs> you yeah. Well, and if you don't love it, you won't. I mean, that's the truth. Like, let's just be real. You yeah. won't do it. Yeah. You might, you might start out strong. You might do it for a few months, but when it's really tough and it's like nothing's going your way and, and you just are tired. If you don't love it, you're going to give up on it. Yeah. I don't give up on it because I love it. So it's like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, do I fail? Sure. I've had businesses fail, but big deal. 
I mean, failure is part of the journey, right? It's, it's lessons really. Like if, if you switch the word failure to lessons, you win or you learn, right? And if you learn from it, great, you move on and fail fast and fail all the time. I mean, it's no big deal. You'll pivot, you'll, you'll adapt, you'll change. And sure. You might need to also say, well, Jeff, I got to, I got to pay my bills and I got a family to support. Well, then you've got to work two jobs. (laughs) That's what you've got to do. You've got to pay your bills during the day and then you got to use your nights to build your dream. I mean, we all like, not everyone can move in with their folks. Like I was able to at 24, but I bought a house. I was engaged and had a daughter and, and I sold the house that I was in. We were only in the house for like three months, four months. Um, it wasn't like, it was like, Oh, we've been there forever. And I want, I mean, it was a sacrifice. I sacrificed it to give myself the, the circumstances to where I didn't have rent and I could focus everything on this business. Um, figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Bring roommates into your house that will pay most of your bills rent out your house and go live in the cheapest thing you can do so you can keep your house when you're ready to get it back. Mm. Figure out what you have to do. But if you're not willing to sacrifice to get your dreams, well, then they're not really that important to you. Mm. Dude. Right? Powerful. Powerful. So, okay. I I love it, dude. I love it. You're like, it's the real deal, man. And there's no, there's no bullshit. You're just, you you know, I love it. And it's, it's refreshing to hear what, okay. Okay. So there's a lot of talk between freelancing and entrepreneur. Like, what would you say for people listening out there? Like, what's the difference between the two? Well, I think freelancers are people looking for uh, work uh, in small little gigs. They, 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 they don't want to bundle it up, right? An entrepreneur, like if I was a freelance writer, for example, I'll just pick that as the, yeah. the freelancer, right? And I go on Upwork and I post myself, hey, I'll do a writing gig for you for blank dollars. I mean, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But what I would highly recommend is shore that up, brand that up and build a business around it. Like, Mm. okay, now it's Jeff's writing services or come up with a cooler name than that. Ah. But let's just use that for a minute. And now I can still post on Upwork as Jeff's writing services, but then go and talk to, I'd go on freelancer myself and I would reach out to 20 of the writers that seem to be pretty good. And I'd say, listen, I want to hire all of you under Jeff's writing services. And we're still going to post on here. But now we're going to get the power of not only the gigs you get, but some of the gigs I get, I'm going to give to you and you're going to get money off of it. So I would not unionize because it's not a union, but I would organize all the freelancers into a company and then I would build a brand. And then all of a sudden you get the, you get the testimonials from all 20 of us together to, to unite with one of us. If one of us isn't getting all the gigs this moment, well, all of us will have overflow that we'll share and collectively we're going to do this thing together and then we'd have our own website and we'd have our own brand and we would build it. And before long, we would start to get corporate contracts where we don't have to use the upworks of the world. And I wouldn't be a freelancer for long because mm. freelancers is a tough gig. I mean, it's like being yeah. a taxi cab driver. You sit and wait for jobs. Well, they get kind um, of tied in together too, right? Like the, the freelance, the entrepreneur, like there's just people don't even really know like what, what the difference anymore. It's like everybody that's essentially working for themselves calls themselves an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And, and they are, I mean, they yeah. are, but, yeah. but I feel like freelancing is done until you've gotten enough confidence to Got go it. start your own business, right? It's like, oh, I'm doing my normal job, but I freelance on the side. And that's cool. Yeah. Side hustle. That's great. Uh, but when you want to start your own, like start your own, yeah. invest in it because you will, you will get so much further when you jump, right? Like hmm. it's like learning to swim, right? You can read about it in a book and you can look at YouTube videos and you could feel like, you know, the fundamentals. But until you actually get thrown in the water and feel what it feels like to swim or drown, um, you're not going to. And when you get thrown in the water and you have no choice but to swim, you will swim. And so I would say to you, 
if you want to be your own boss and start your own company, like do it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Like you don't need experience. You don't need to waste any more time. Um, make sure you have your finances in order, be willing to sacrifice, get ready to eat peanut butter sandwiches, downsize, shrink your expenses, shrink your overhead and put all of yourself for 12 months into your business with blinders on and watch where you are a year from today and then send me a note and saying, thank you and um, <laughs> live your dreams. That's awesome, man. Okay. So I, there's, there's one area here I also wanted to explore with you is that, you know, tying in selfishly for me, losing my Instagram account. And I think yeah. people will get a lot of insight on, will get a lot of value. So there's going to be a lot of people that have to start from scratch now. People that are, oh, what's the social media? I haven't really, I haven't really tested it yet. You know, Instagram, whatever all this stuff is. These, a lot of people aren't familiar and people like myself that have lost their account, kind of put a lot of eggs in one basket and now it's like, okay, got to start fresh. What is your, if you were to lose your following, what, how would you start and what would you do from scratch to kind of rebuild it in today's day? Well, I, th I think the first and foremost, my following on social media is actually not that big um, because I don't care to have strangers follow me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I build relationships and I build real relationships, which means my relationship capital with a lot of the people like, you know, Dan Fleischman, we're buddies. So yeah. whether I'm see him on Instagram or not, if I lost my Instagram, I'm calling him or texting him anyway. Yeah. And I yeah. build relation. I focus on relationship capital. I think it's the number one currency of entrepreneurs. And if you don't have it, you need to start building it. And it's mm -hmm. more important than money. So if someone said to me, would you rather have a million dollars or a bunch of strong, pick five people that you can have a strong relationship with. I'll pick five people. I don't need the million dollars and I'll be more successful than you with a million dollars. Mm. Um, because if I pick the right five people, they're going to open up enormous doors for me. They're going to open up enormous opportunities for me. Um, and relationship capital, if you think about it like money, it's a bank account you have with every individual. Like we have it, right? So me and you, yeah. Lance, we have relationship capital. Yeah. Um, and if I'm always asking for favors, then my capital account with you is very low, mm. right? You're going to be like, gosh, Jeff's calling me again. What does he want now? right? I'm, I'm basically spending all the money that's in my bank account. Like I would, if I used all the money that was in my bank account, but if I'm doing favors for you and I'm like, Hey Lance, how can I help? Oh, would you introduce me to so-and-so? Sure. Of course. Hey Lance, how can I help? Oh, you know what? I lost my Instagram account. You know, someone at Instagram. Sure. Hey Lance, etc. Well, now I've built up a, I've built up a bank account with you that if I needed something from you, when I call, you're going to be like, Oh, Jeff, he helps me every time. Of course. Yeah. How can I help? Right. Yeah. And so the more people you build that with, the more opportunity you have. And if you're strategic with it, you're going to find people who have, you know, situational expertise in areas that you want and can open up doors for you later um, to be, to build these relationships with. And the way I do it, you know, I don't go to networking meetings and ask for anything. I go to networking meetings and or any networking event and it's all about what can I do for you? Yeah. What problems are you dealing with? Like, like now that I know that you lost your social Instagram account, like I'm already thinking like, who do I know at Instagram who might be able to help? <laughs> right? Because if I do that for you, I've just put a big deposit in my account with you. And whether I ever need it or not, who cares? Everyone wants to be rich. Everyone wants to have millions of dollars in the bank. I want to have millions of, of dollars of relationship capital in accounts with as many people as I can. So one day, maybe I run for president and everyone loves me and that'd be great. Um, I'm not running for president. I was just using that as a yeah, joke. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but realistically, like that's what that's where, you know, and if you're like, well, I don't really understand that. It's very, I'll sum it up. We all know someone who got a job because they knew someone. 
oh, that person got that raise because they were so-and-so's brother, sister, friend, aunt, uncle, cousin, right? Well, that saying alone shows you the power of relationships. That alone, that if you know somebody who can, you know, that they're going to help you over a stranger. So building relationships and focusing on relationships is the most important thing. And as an entrepreneur, you have a startup, like you need help. So like the way I became the number one sales rep at ADP, I'll give you the secret. Everyone's like, how did you do it? I'll tell you. Dave Meltzer, who's a lifelong friend and mentor of mine, we're co-writing a book actually on mentorship, was my mentor. And when I told him I wasn't going to go work as a sports agent with him, that I was going to go get a job, um, he supported me because he loves me and we're family. But when I got that job, I went to him and I said, Dave, can you make a list of everyone you know who owns a business with 50 or less employees that you can make an introduction for me? I'm starting as a job as a sales rep at ADP to sell payroll and I need to speak to business owners. So he did. And he made a list of 300 names. And I went to five or six other people and they did the same thing for me. Then I spent the time, I wrote a beautiful email and I called him and I said, Dave, will you send this email CCing me to all of your relationships? And it was very nice. It was like, hey, so, hey, Lance, I'm, it's Dave. How are things? Hey, my, my mentee and very good friend, Jeff, is now a sales rep at ADP. Who do you use for payroll? Would you mind sitting down with him for 10 minutes? Because he really needs to meet business owners like you. And it would do me a real solid if you meet with him. Well, they met with me. So I had like five or 600 warm referrals that I was able to go close 200 of really quickly. And I became the number one sales rep in the country. I made six figures and it inspired me to then become and open up my own payroll company, which I was then able to take those clients with me. And so that wasn't because I was, you know, focusing on, it was on sales or all these other things. It was because for 10 years I had interned at Dave's companies. I had helped Dave. I had said, what can I do Dave to be around you, to learn from you, to help? He never paid me a paycheck. But I would go and, you know, I used to go and park cars for him at some, when he used to have house parties when I was 16 and I didn't want money, right? Like I was paying it forward and those relationships paid immense dividends to me a decade later. And that's the key message, right? Is build relationships, make friends. And so like my two business principles in life are make friends and have fun and make more friends, build strong relationships. It will open so many doors for you. Dude, that is so powerful, man. And I, I really appreciate the way you explain that because relationships is all we got, man. You know, mm-hmm. humans co- connecting and, and, you know, looking to serve. It's all we got. That's, that's, that's the juice of life. That's the, the lifeblood is how can you connect? How can you help that person? If we're always thinking about how can we help that person or how can we be the light in that person's life? Man, things get better. And I've noticed that as well. It's, it's genuinely being curious about people and taking interest in people. And it's amazing when you actually listen. And this is why having a podcast has helped me a lot is that it's forced me, you know, I worked in bars for many years and, and, you know, I got to connect and crack that shell with a lot of people. So coming to podcasting was natural for me, but I had to learn to listen. I had to really learn. And now it's helped me become better at, at connecting because I'm actually listening and I'm not just like waiting to bark my next thing to the person like a lot of us do. Right. And sure. I, um, I really love that, man. And I, I think that at the very core having that is just so important. So yeah, dude, I, um, it's crazy. And, and now especially is a great time to cultivate these relationships too, you know? That's so. right. And, and when you need them, I mean, like, yeah. like I, I, again, Everything is selfish, right? Even if I donate money to charity, it's selfish because it makes me feel good. So it's okay to be selfish, but be selfish in a way that's going to build your, your future self, right? Like, again, like pay it forward. I mean, honestly, the one thing I always try to do with every new introduction I get when I meet somebody is I want to identify something that I can add value to them in 
whether it's an introduction to someone I know, solve a problem they're dealing with, be a buddy to watch a ball game with, or help them move. It doesn't really matter. I want to pay it forward first before I ever ask for anything. And I, a lot of times I don't ask for anything. And I can't tell you how many times I have people who, who make some comment to me like, hey, Jeff, I think you should meet so-and-so. They're a good friend of mine. And you know what? They're doing something similar to you. And I just think it's a good synergy. That's great. Yeah. I would love that introduction. I didn't ask for it. But because I'm trying to help them, they're willing to do it for me. And so that's how I've been able to build my relationships and, and put myself in a position to leverage them to help all of my companies. I mean, from even like a company like Everbowl. I mean, I used relationships to get us into Costco. I used relationships to get us into professional sports stadiums and on college campuses and allowed us to grow to 30 stores in three years. That wasn't just because I was working hard. It was also because I was working smart by leveraging relationships and building a dream team around the company that enabled us to really elevate. So, you know, now more than ever, the power of relationships is where it should be. And, and that's where people need to focus more of their effort and not on the trivial money thing, which is going to be gone and they won't know how to spend it even if they got it. Love it, man. I know we got to wrap things up. I could talk to you for hours, bro. But uh, where, where can everybody check you out? Where can we find you? Where is the best place? Uh, so Instagram is at Fenster Jeff, or you can email me either at connect at jefffenster.com or jeff at everbull.com. And um, LinkedIn, Facebook, I love talking to entrepreneurs. I love talking to anyone about business, life, or anything. So please use me as a resource. Feel free, reach out. Um, don't be shy. Give me suggestions, feedback, criticism. I'm, I'm open to it all. Thank you. And I'm a big fan of your show, man. So thank oh, you for thanks, what you're brother. doing and providing this this resource for people. And for those listening, you guys are taking that first step. So I commend all of you and we're in this together and we'll get through COVID-19 and we're also all going to, all going to achieve our dreams and be happy. Absolutely. All right. We'll have everything in the show notes for them to check you out again. You know, these relationships, it's just, I feel so blessed to be able to connect and who knows down the road, like where these things go. And that's the magic of it all, right? You never know when you're going to see people in person and <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. So again, stay safe. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. If you guys got value from that, please leave us a review. Share this in a screenshot with your friends. Do whatever you can to grow the love and share the love of this episode. Check out Jeff as well. Go follow him on Instagram and all that good stuff. Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.